Well, and you got a fresh, you know, sugar-free little, monster. You got a little fresh zip going, for, you know, because of the interview. You know, you freshened up. Absolutely. You know, anytime that you get a chance to do a little something, you feel good about it. I'm, so. I might go down today. I might actually go down to the barber today and tighten my shit up. Yeah, anytime you get a chance. You know, I got a big day. I got a big look day. Look good, today. feel good. Well, I mean, you're 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 in your. You might want to just shape it up because you know you're the um, you're the man right now. So I guess right. that's okay. You know, right. make sure that you look good. Um, right. We, we know that we know that you know Mary Beth doesn't like when we don't talk sports. So let's make sure that we kick this thing off the right way, um, ladies and gentlemen. Zebra Stripes Podcast. I am Coach Gene Clemens. Joined by Coach Whitlajor. Once again, we are back. Um, you know, big, uh, big, big win for um, BA basketball this past Friday. Congratulations on that. Big, big things happening in college basketball. Um, crazy world that we live in. Um, you know, trades and, and and the implications of those trades in the NBA. Um, how do you how do you function handshake lines no handshake lines is it necessary is it not we got a lot to get to today we, we don't have a lot of time so we're gonna jump right in um this this whole situation with the entire situation with Jawan howard um or with michigan and wisconsin i won't even just related to one person because I don't like the fact that his name, because it's the most high profile name is the only one that gets talked about regularly. Um, but the, the idea of, Hey, we're not seeing eye to eye. We don't, we're not vibing right now. The, the, the emotions and the heat is at the highest level. And yet we have to go up and shake hands right after something that I might feel that you did that wasn't correct. Or me trying to avoid shaking hands and you stopping me and, and trying to like lecture me on something that you don't think that I did correctly or that you had an issue with me. It, it seems like a recipe for an explosion and a boil over. And that's what we got in the, the Michigan-Wisconsin game. I think that there's there's blame to go around, clearly. I think that they were there were two parties that were that were wrong in the situation. I also think that one party got hit harder because of an old adage that comes with like elementary or high school fights, you know, and, and, and I've never, I, I thought when we elevated to adulthood, we would elevate to a level to be able to look at things beyond just the effect, but, but through the cause. And when we don't actually examine the cause and take that into account, we end up with these lopsided things where the head coach from Michigan gets a five-game game suspension and the head coach of Wisconsin gets a fine. And I somehow just don't think that equates. What do you think about that entire situation? Well, I think first off in episode 12, uh, you are ripping and running right out of the gate. So, Absolutely. Uh, episode 12. It is definitely 12. It's definitely yes. 12. So, and you are ripping and running. But – uh, what I think is that uh, you know it's a it's it's a little bit complicated, like you're suggesting, um, and I think it's 
overblown because uh, violence of any kind, confrontation of any kind in sport uh, draws obvious attention. Um, you know, there are hundreds of thousands of games played on on multiple levels in multiple sports that include some type of handshake. And so, you know, I, I would say, look, at this is one situation that uh, all parties admit uh, went across the line. So I what I don't believe is that we got to cut out a tradition um, just because there was, you know, heightened emotions that weren't handled well um, on on maybe by everybody. Um, I, I, I would equate it in a way uh, to the playing of the national anthem, you know, kind of a nationalism uh, ritual that started uh, right around World War One, I, I believe. And as I watched teams, because my wife was the first one to make me kind of heighten my senses about paying attention to how your guys do or don't uh, act around that. And, and um, you know, we're, we're pretty loose with it. And I'm not talking about the, the uh, uh, political stand like a Colin Kaepernick. That's something different. Like I'm, I'm good with that. That's, 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 I'm talking about just uh, young men or whoever just talking and leaning and, you know, just really not observing a tradition. And so, um, you know, like I think, it, it makes you want to say, hey, we should get rid of that. Just like this event says, hey, we ought to get rid of that because no one's really doing it the, the way we'd hope they'd do it anyway. But I, I think that's an overreaction. I think both are, are good and have their place. Um, and I think young men and then adults, in this case, are the coaches, right? The first thing we learn is time and place. So they've acknowledged a mistake. Uh, they could have handled that different. Calipari and John Cheney famously took their grievances up in a press. You. Sorry, yeah, I'm gonna get right, John Cheney. <laughs> um, so I mean, that's that's a more appropriate place, you know, away from the public. Uh, you know, it gets attention, but away from the uh, public view of the arena. Um, I do think. Sorry, I'm going on so long here. I do think. Um, uh, Juwan Howard is more culpable in this one um, because he ended up uh, and I haven't dissected in slow-mo the whole thing, but he ends up, you know, taking an open hand swing at a, a third party who by all rights was entering the fray himself. So I would, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't want to be the judge and jury on this one. I, I think, I think they could have got out of there with something less and then addressed it in private after you know, but sometimes, you know, in sport, like you already said, look at man, emotions are running high and you can't, you know, sometimes you just got to make mistakes and then own up to it. Well, I, because I have dissected this video a million times because I really was trying to figure out how we got to where we, we ended up. And so this is what I saw. Juwan Howard had no intentions of shaking this man's hand. That's clear from the video. He was trying to actively avoid some type of confrontation in his mind. And I'm and I'm speaking for Juwan Howard now, so I can right. be completely wrong. In his mind, it seemed to me as if he knew if I had to interact with this guy right now, it might not be good for me. Yep. So I'm going to avoid. I think that that's a mature thing to do sometimes. Yep. Recognize this is not the time nor the place yeah. I need to remove myself from the situation. 
his beef clearly with the head coach, not with the players. Because yep. he was yep. he was handshaking the players. He was going yep. to interact with the Wisconsin players. His yep. issue was with the coach. So within that, when 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 you step in front of somebody and you put your hands on them, and then you start to do the 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 coach K thing, you know, where you know how Coach K will reprimand yep. a player and he he kind of puts that finger up, not not not, not pointing at him, but just kind of like I'm making a point here, you know. It it almost felt as if he was trying to son Jawan Howard. He was trying to 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 belittle him in some type of way, and I right. think that doesn't resonate well with the guy who spent damn near 20 years in the NBA, where that level of somebody trying to son you can get you fired. So I think that his the way he thinks about things are differently. And when you've got a guy who is in who with the presence of Howard versus the presence of Wisconsin's guy, it's going to look different. And then when your assistant coach comes in, when the when the fray really starts, and the assistant coach comes in and starts pushing players, his players or other players, that's something that can get a reaction. But all of this is avoided. All of it is avoided if Howard is allowed to go by. So I say, with that, you have to be culpable for your actions. Juwan Howard's actions deserve to get suspended. But so did the actions of the Wisconsin coach because his actions led to those actions. If both if both guys would have would have received five game suspensions, I would say, man, that's harsh. But hey, both of them got it. If both of them would have received the fine, I would have said, uh, that's probably a little light, but both of them got it. The fact that you hammer one guy with five with five games when they're on the when they're on the bubble and you don't sm- slam the other guy with any games, it just didn't feel right to me. It felt like it felt like um convenient scapegoating. For the for the for the fret. let's put it all on Jawan Howard. Even if you look at the way it was it was um the way it, it was looked at, it was talked about. First, they said the man punched the punched the coach. I immediately went to the video when I heard that. Oh snap! He punched somebody. I look. Okay, that's not a punch. We call that in the hood. We call that a mush. Yep. He got mushed. Open hand, like you described. Not a punch. Still wrong. He should get suspended. But then when you examine all the rest of it, it just seemed as if they were trying to find someone to blame. And that was going to be Juwan Howard. And all of the pundits came out all on the all in 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 defense of. Or not in defense of with the attack moves and the and the language that we know can be so detrimental to people's careers on Juwan Howard. And it could have been really easy for Michigan to just go, we don't want to deal with this. Let's just cut that right now. Um, but that didn't happen. And so, you know, we move on. But these handshake lines, I, I don't think you get rid of tradition. But I think that we've learned in the pandemic where handshakes haven't been allowed. It hasn't necessarily taken anything away from the game. At the end of the game, we've been we've been waving 
now for you know for for the better part of two years. I don't know if you guys are still doing that or if yep. you're back to handshaking now, but at the end of the game, we've been waving. Yep. Acknowledging the other team, hey, good game or good luck to you or whatever, but not engaging. Yeah. I, I think yep. that there's there's that that can still go. It's really interesting, well, by the way. Select, yeah, selective engaging like the NBA does, right? Where some guys will wave and coaches Absolutely. a lot, and then s- some players will acknowledge. So I, I mean, that, that that yeah, I mean, I, I you make a great point about. Uh, uh, Howard, like, because I think that's the right way to go. Like, you know, when a kid plays a great game against you, maybe, uh, or he's a senior graduating or something like that, you spend a little more time there and you say, you know, you say whatever you say and you embrace a little bit more versus some guy that you, you know, really don't even play, has play no or something, something. Yeah. And so you're just kind of getting by quickly. And other, because co- some coaches, like in football, famously, a little more to the post game interaction. Uh, than, than others, obviously Belichick famously, but uh, so I I think uh, the best to me the evidence you presented, and again I'd have to go go look at it uh, more than I have, is you know Juwan Howard if in fact he was hey I'm just gonna go buy this guy you know it's pseudo you know it's not a fist bump it's not anything it's just I'm going by and I'm getting to the rest of the line, and then he stopped. Uh, I actually. If I was Joan Howard, I, I would have made that, and maybe he did this, but I, I would have made that very public that that was my intent, because that sounds very reasonable like that, to your point. And if I was the University of Michigan, I would have supported him and said, hey, listen, here's what our coach was trying to do until he was stopped. And that may, that's common sense. It, like, to me, that 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 then puts equal blame on, on uh, both parties. And I do think... Uh, Five was steep in any case. I think it was a two or three gamer. Uh, and if you mm-hmm. wanted to say, yeah, if you wanted to say one was three and one was two, I, I don't know. But based on what you've said, I said there's, you know, you could say there's equal equal uh, accountability and, and, there. And, and so then that becomes a, a slippery slope as well because if he comes out and says, hey, listen, I was trying to avoid this altogether. Yep. Yep. Now it looks like he's trying to deflect or shift blame from his actions He's going to get killed for that. Any- maybe I would just say, uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, so you get killed no matter what if, yeah. if people. So I would just say, hey, look, it, I'm going to be honest, folks. And here's the deal. You know, here's the deal. And you can you can believe me or not, but this is the deal. This is what was going on. And, you know, again, some people are going to believe you and say, oh, yeah, you know what? That makes sense. And, you know, other people ain't. But so what? Hey, yeah, uh, I but just- I think I think I, I think this, though, Um you know, that post-game stuff is one thing, but I think some of the uh, small talk that goes on before games, usually with assistance, uh, is uh, equally uh, nonsensical, which is to say I, I could tell you some great stories from not just uh, the prep thing is different, but more of my time in college and then watching college guys. Um, and again, there's no right way to do any of that stuff, but, you know, too much small talk, uh, particularly when these staffs want to, you know, annihilate each other for God's sake. Um, you know, the, the, you had the night before, if you got into town, uh, you had the phone you have, but to sit there right before the game, I always took it as, um, you know, I, I just tried not to get distracted too much by it. I, and I thought I was a little oversensitive to it, but I have, I have, you know, I have absolutely, uh, no desire to spend too much time with the rival coaches in the minutes, 
you know, uh, uh, pre directly preceding the game. Like I'm happy to, you know, I always, Hey, acknowledge and maybe shake hands or say, you know, how's it going and good luck and all that stuff. But, you know, not going to sit around there talking about wife, children and my investments. Uh, yeah. Doesn't seem like the time and uh, seems to go on a lot. It, it does. And I think it goes on a lot now because again, this is, this is tradition. Right. It's part of what you talked about. People yeah. do it because that's what's always been done. Well, you always go up and talk beforehand right. to the coach, blah, 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 blah. Me, I'm not really down. I'm not really down with all the rah-rah before the game. And I'm not really down with right. all the we're going to be kumbaya before the right. game. I'm there for one right. reason and one reason only. I'm trying to cut your heart out. I have right. zero. I, I, we can be chummy, chummy and cool with all that yep. after the game's over with. But when the game, when we're getting up to the game, the same way that I don't need to I, – I don't feel like I need to dance or be doing all the other crazy stuff before the game is the same way that I don't really particularly want to just be kind of hamming it up with you. Now, if it's somebody that I know and I have a really good relationship with, yep. Yep. that might be different. I might go over. We might exchange some words. Hey, I'm – but usually it's a, it's, a, it's a minute or two, and it's, hey, I'm going to talk to you after the game. Right. And I also That's think that, uh, yeah, and I, I think that in football and basketball, all sports, um, you know, you have that lead up like hour and a half before the game, too. So a lot of that could be done, you know, at, when the teams are first warming up, you know. So I'm not. Yeah, or that, even that right seems, off the bus. Right, all even of that right stuff. Off of the bus. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about that time when, you know, there's 20 or less kind of riding down on the clock and you see everyone, you know sitting around palling around and again i mean i'm yeah. hey do whatever you want but don't look for a lot of small talk out of me no me neither i'm, I'm not with it i do however like i don't know if you said it and, and it meant to kind of come off as just kind of flying by but i want to go back to it you said you said something about um your wife talking um to you about observing players during the anthem oh. and how that how that that speaks to tradition or or I don't want to I don't want to put words in your mouth but right. are you saying that like you just kind of monitor how they behave while it's going on not if they're necessarily like putting hand over heart and all that other stuff like that yeah I think for her um you know and, and I I would tend to agree like if you're gonna do it you don't have to be the Naval Academy, right? Uh, or the Naps Prep School. You don't have to be rigid and upright in whatever. And with all, you know, I'm sorry for my lack of knowledge on this. Whatever you call that posture, uh -huh. right? I'll call it a military posture. But um, I do think that if you're going to do it, then you 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 take your hat off, which is kind of an interesting one too, because I saw some uh, one of my uh, 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 one of my son's friend. Got he just didn't realize he had a hat on and and uh, at, at a recent game um, at Hobart and someone you know I mean rightly or what whatnot hey get your hat off um, so like too much movement you know as, as a as a lack of respect like I mean it would be like having a moment of silence if you will and then you talk right through the moment of silence so she always you know I, I think you should be quiet if nothing else. And I think you should basically be still, we can debate how straight your lines should be, um, you know, with your team. But I think there's a certain reverence that is appropriate if you're going to do it. 
Um, so my wife would make me uh, aware of it. And I've seen college guys, and I'm talking more Division three than anything else, because Division one now, right, they, they, the teams go inside, you know, so inside the locker room while it's played. So I would just say if we get too loose with it, then you should just have it for the people in attendance. Now, again, as a politi political science guy, we could debate, and we're not going to because my wife also hates when we talk politics uh, or non-sports. Uh, we could debate, you know, the role of, you know, playing the national anthem and mixing our politics and, and sport anyway. So let's stay away from that. But if we're going to do it, sure, I think that we should, you know, do it with a appropriate decorum. Um, so that's, you know, and she, you know, so she'll say to me, hey, wait, I, I just thought I was, three, four of your guys were just talking through the thing. And I'll, and I'll remind, I'll, the next, you know, I'll say, hey, guys, guess what? You know. Just, uh, you know, why do we tuck in our jerseys uh, games? I don't I don't know. Uh, and it's not enforced that often, but, yeah. you, know, I, no, you know. I think I think so because we're, we're not going to get political because I'm not really a heavy political person. Let me make it a little more political in, right. <laughs> in a little bit. But sorry, Mary Beth. Um, yeah. The, I will say this because I don't necessarily think this is a political issue. I think this is a decorum issue. Right. And um, there's a there's an ebb and flow to how a game begins. And if this is what you decided that you want to be a part of, then this is what you do. My my only thing is I 100 percent agree. You don't need to be like chatting and talking. I I I 100 percent disagree with the with the coaches who try to make some type of uniformed. This is how we're going to. And this is this is what I remember. Buzz Peterson did that uh, some years ago, where they practiced standing for the anthem, and we're right. going to stand here and we're going to be at this position with our hand here. And I and immediately I went, I would never play for Buzz Peterson, like right. legit, right there. Never yep. play for him. You yep. got to be kidding me, dude! Like I'm, this is me. I do what I feel is in my best interest as a person and what I want to stand for. When I when the when the national anthem starts, I usually am quiet. I usually keep my hands behind my back. I might I may sway left to right. That's yep. just kind of me being in my zone, yep. whatever. I would hate to have to stand in some particular way that someone told me to stand because I have to pay the proper amount of respect to something. Whatever that might be. I just think that's that's foolhardy. Um and it, it's a little bit over management. But I do think that there's a there's a part of hey if this is going on, we can at least be quiet for the minute and a half that the song's playing, and and go from there. So, not to bemoan a point on um, very long or to or to or to continue on with something that <laughs> might get us beat up by Mary Beth later, but um, definitely want to keep going. I don't know what's going on, but I've got stuff blasting in my ears, and I don't know where it's coming from. I I don't know where, but it's not coming from this end. I don't I don't know what happened. Are you still? Wow. Are they still blasting? Oh, no, I'm good. You're good now. Blast me? No, I, it's not coming from my end. Wow. 
I don't know where it wasn't coming from my phone. I don't know what the hell. Maybe, but, maybe uh, your, your, your headset, your earbuds maybe picked up another yeah somewhere. That was that was pretty wild. Anyway, I think, you know, the fine lines of it all, uh, there's some fine lines there. And, and uh, 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 yeah, you know, kind of interesting. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep it. We'll keep it moving. Um, we were talking about we want to talk about um, the the idea behind um, the tournament, if we will, or tournaments um, in the NBA. It's obviously playoffs. Um, but for college and for um, high schools, a lot of time, it's it's tournaments. And what we've done is because the tournaments are so wildly popular, in many cases, the winner of the tournament gets whatever the, the top seeding is or whatever the automatic bid is if we're talking about, you know, college. And it almost completely washes out what you did during the regular season as as not as significant not it, it's not a big deal in the big conferences like the ACC if whoever the the top team during the year was in the ACC if they for some reason don't win the ACC tournament it might cost them a one seed down to a two seed or a two seed to a four. But in a conference like, say, the um, Patriot League, that costs you an NCAA tournament bid because you're only getting one in. So in, in that case, when you have a team that's been dominant, let's say a Holy Cross went an entire season and they've been dominant in, in, the, in the Patriot League, and now all of a sudden they get into the tournament, they run rough shot through everybody and get to the, the, the championship game and get beat by a team that got hot. Not even a team that's necessarily better, but a team that got hot. And now they're sitting in the NIT and, um, you know, some other team, a, a Bucknell is, is now in, the tournament with a 12 and 17 record because they got hot in the tournament. That seems to, for me, it, it's always been weird. And I actually love the way that um, the, the, the international soccer does it where you get crowned a champion from what you did throughout the regular season. Obviously the same thing that the Ivy league does with their bid as well. Well, the, the Ivy League has a tournament now, if I'm not mistaken, and they take uh, uh, not every team, but maybe the top four. But ha six. have they even had that tournament yet? Because they, they bowed out of everything when the pandemic first hit. Did they have that tournament last year? Yeah, they, they had it before. Yeah, they've had it. I mean, I don't think uh, – yeah, I, sh I should know the answer to that, but I'm – yeah, I mean, the Ivy I League thought that was something that was that was fairly new or on the horizon, but hadn't come yet because of. No, it's it's come. I I'm check. I'll, I'll have to do a fact check, but I, I think it's you know three to four years in. But okay, probably need to need to fact check. But I mean, I'm gonna fact check it right now while you're while you're talking. Yeah, but I you know I I think it's it's it. There's merit in both. I, I mean, I think for the team that has the great regular season, let's understand they do get recognized uh, with banners and, you know, things like that. So 
Um, you know, it's not like they get no recognition because they, they're, they're crowned regular season champions or some of that. We're obviously champion and we're, we're tournament crazy. We're end game, one winner, crazy culture, right? We, we forget about teams in every sport that have great seasons. I, I don't, that's the public. I don't, you know, it's, it's, it's disappointing for the people involved when you have a great run that doesn't end in a championship for whatever reason, but. I think the, the 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 people on the team know the success that they had and this and that, and it's just the the perception is so skewed toward what happens in the tournament or in the playoffs. I think I think for the team, my analogy to the team that has a great regular season and bows out is like uh, you know kind of being left at the altar. You know, you freaking you're there, you've done everything right, you're you know you're it's the woman of your dreams and man, next thing you know, you show up there and the day, the big day and she bows out. You go like, wow, that's tough. You know, God, I had a great regular season. Now I'm, you know, ready to cap this thing off and she's out the door. Uh, you got to believe that things work out the way they're supposed to work out. Like if you've got a team coming back, maybe yeah, I feel bad when it's a team full of seniors. I will say that like when it's a team, when it's, when it's a team's last chance, uh, that's when I feel worst. But other let's, than that, let's let's jump on that analogy though, because you being a, a married man of how many years now? Twenty four. Uh, Twenty five. Twenty five. See, it, it okay. seems like I mean, it's actually more than I feel like it was. Absolutely. Twenty five. So twenty five years, right? So I don't know if you remember back to when. I'm trying to forget 25, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> when you, uh, Mary Beth, I'm very, very sorry, by the way, and you know that, and I love you. <laughs> um, when you, when, when, if you can think back to pre-married, um, I, I'll, I'll give you this analogy because I hear it from married friends of mine, um, especially newly married friends the level of attraction of a newly married person or someone who gets married seems to seems to like elevate they it, it's almost as if the the ring makes you more attractive because now people say hey that person is legitimately marriage material so imagine then you getting left at the altar so now you're just back to going someone going oh they didn't even think he was good enough to marry. So that's going to be a negative implication. Now, what I'm talking about here is clearly the only thing that matters in, 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 in collegiate sports right now, recruiting. You make the tournament, it does something different for you than if you, if you hang up a regular season banner. Right. Like the recruits might see the regular season banner when they come visit. Oh, that's cute. They don't get to see you on CBS or on True TV, wherever the hell the game's being played at, you know, in the tournament. So is the is the is the value in winning the championship of the regular season that nobody watched, or is the value in getting to the tournament that everybody watches that's going to be on the stage? that every player wants to be on. I love the way your mind works. There we go. You, <laughs> there did, we go. you did 
you you did just marvelous work with my analogy. I, I think it's I think it's really interesting because I see it a lot. Um, I, see- well, I think I, I I think the excitement you know that the tournaments add is is real. Um, I think it you know I, I again I think there are ways that I, I'm a big proponent of expanding tournaments in most you know I'm, I, I whether or not the NCAA should go to ninety for 128 i i don't know but um i think expansion is 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 good usually um not always like pro sports right the, the regular when it when it makes the regular season meaningless or so not always but uh, i think even baseball they've had some fun with the with the wild card games and whatnot um uh but it keeps more teams involved you know it keeps the late season even if you're not the first place team, but you're the fourth place team. You're, you're playing for seeds and, you know, the chance to, to cap off a season. So um, yeah, it's a detriment maybe to the first place team uh, clearly, but it keeps some excitement late in the year. Uh, I think the inconsistency across leagues about particularly in division three basketball, uh, how many teams make it to the tournament. Some have four, some have six, some have eight, every team. So I think they should uh, have an equitable approach throughout all the conferences. I think that should be, uh, I'm not sure that should be left up to the conferences. I'm not sure about that. Um, so, but. Yeah, I think. I'll just stop it. I'm just stopping it, but. I, I, I get it. I get it. I think you, you made a, an interesting, like, um, you made an interesting um, comment off air about how you how you think it there might be a, a, a better way of doing it with the conference champion and the and the regular season. Can you say that again for me, so I, I'm I'm not misquoting you? Yeah, well, I I, I look at a, a, you know get the best of both worlds, right? Let let uh, let the regular season winner get an automatic bid, and let the conference uh, tournament. Uh, winner get an automatic bid and you know you rightly said well you you've got to expand then and that's when i said i'm a a, i'm a supporter of that you know the downside of of my suggestion there is um some would argue that we already have some shenanigans going on in these conference tournaments when you know again at the highest level they they already have the joe lenardi's already told everyone who's in and now you got these bubble teams and the next thing you know you know, it's in the ACC's interest to get one more team in the tournament. And so, oh, look at that big surprise upset. Um, so I think it it, it would be uh, opening pan. Well, it, yeah, it might open Pandora's box a little further um, to do something like that. But uh, I'd have to think that through more. I, so I think that Pandora's box would be open for the big schools. I mean, for the big right. conferences, but it would be fantastic right. for the the MAC, the MAAC, right. and the the, right. the the um North Northeast Ten, or you know the yep. you know the, those conferences that are only going to get one bid, and right. or notoriously only get one bid, and you see so many. How many times have we seen Iona? put up a 20-something game regular season only to lose in the championship game to Monmouth or, you know, some other team that pops out. And now Iona is in the the CIT tournament or the the NIT 
instead right. of the 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 dance. And is yep. that the thing that keeps Iona from continuing to build their brand to where they they right. become a sustainable entity in you know in that world, very similar to the way that Gonzaga had built this entity up to become consistent in that world where they're not fighting for the automatic bid, where they're getting the love that you're supposed to get when you have a 26 and three record on the season. Well, what I like about it is that the, um, you know, look at the low major and mid major programs are an exciting part of that tournament um, because people love upsets, obviously the underdog. And uh, obviously, uh, you know, the, the power five conferences and whatnot, they talk all the time about, you know, trying to uh, basically keep all the money to themselves, which, you know, OK, I guess I understand. But um, I think in general, there's been a leveling of the playing field uh, throughout college basketball, meaning I think there's more better teams than ever. And I, I think, you know, when you have these low and mid-major teams with with the seniors and fifth-year guys and, and, and maybe more of the uh, upper-level programs with, uh, with freshmen or transfers and, and some of that, um, I, I think there's a, a leveling. So you could make – and this year, is a, you know, I've been saying all along, I mean, this year is an incredibly even uh, year in my – humble opinion. Um, so if that trend continues, I mean, obviously this, you know, the strength is at the top, but the general leveling means increase, you know, it's like college football. I just don't, I mean, I think it's stupid that college football has, uh, four teams. I mean, I just think that's stupid as hell. And, uh, and obviously it's just, in my opinion, just a matter of time, um, before they're at eight or 12 or something like that. So, yeah. And, and it's a, it's a, I think it's something that we, we have to continue to monitor because we know at some point they're going to expand. Like cash yeah. is always king. So the, the, the NCAA is going to expand the college football tournament eventually. And yep. they're definitely going to expand the NCAA basketball tournament eventually. It's coming. Yeah. And they, sh- yeah, and they certainly what they shouldn't do, and I don't think they will. But you know that what they shouldn't do is is uh, limit the uh, mid major, low major. You know when 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 they get closed out, and you take too many teams from the major conferences with poor records. Uh, now you're you know that that's mm-hmm. just going to be less interesting to the public. Absolutely, so it's, it's I don't ring. need to yeah, see a sixteen I, win. I don't need to see a sixteen win or a fifteen yeah. win team in a tournament no. from the from the Big Ten over a 23 win team from the big South. I'd much rather see, I'd much rather see that big South team. Amen. And most of the time, most of the time that big South team is actually is better than that 15. And no matter what they say, because there's a reason, Hey, with the schedules that most of those teams are playing, if you can't win more than 15 games, you're not that good. You're just not. And there are exceptions to every rule, but uh, you know, you just shouldn't cut out, uh, if your 15 wins came off of your non-conference schedule and the bottom feeders right. of your conference, then you're not a good team. You probably shouldn't be that's in, the, in the tournament. And and yep. I think that's 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 big. Unless it's unless we look at your schedule and go, yo, 
they scheduled all the killers out, out of conference. They scheduled all the monsters yeah. out of yeah. conference. Yeah. Those games yeah. were close. They challenged themselves, and then they got into their regular, um, you know, conference schedule, kind of beat up, and now they were. It, it was up and down, and and at the end, we're looking at a, a seventeen and, and and fourteen record. Oh, okay, maybe you have an argument depending upon what what the what the rest of the climate looks like. But don't give me that argument when you're a when you're a fifteen win team. And now I'm looking at um, Winthrop, and Winthrop is a 27-win team that just came up short in the tournament, and they still don't get in because they didn't win the tournament. To me, that's the – I've never liked that. I don't understand it now. Like, I, don't, I don't need to see – I don't need to see some of these teams that are awful. The, uh, the, the, the team that the, – the, 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 the major college team that fits your description of that – you know, maybe you give it a second look as Virginia this year. And I'm a little I'm, – I'm Tony Bennett biased, meaning I'm a, I'm a supporter of Tony Bennett. Um, and his team is playing much better, um, you know, this part of the season than they were early in the season. Um, so they might fit the description of a team that, that you let sneak in, even though their record may not be great when all said and done. I know you might take exception to that because uh, – They're born like as you hell. Said, yeah, so you you know that's so why. You, yeah you that's yeah. the exception I, mean, I, know, I take. I know I know. They well, can't you don't score you thirty points and a half. I mean, that's what they you tell me. They can't score thirty points and a half. I don't really. Well, they need could. To, I mean, clearly they can't. They average sixty-two points a game. No, they could. They could. Yeah, if I mean, if they playing, average a game. I, I think I, I I really just threw that out. Okay, it's fact, probably it. okay. close to sixty-two. I'm okay. probably that not that far off. But that is yeah, a, that is right, a right. good that is a good um, segue because we were talking about this, like how were we sitting with college level programs not being able to score more than thirty points a half with a shot clock? Like how is that even a thing in today's society with today's type of athletes that we have that we're still sitting with these? these offensive inept teams um, or inefficient teams that can't regularly put up 30 plus points a game. Right. Well, I think there's two basic uh, underlying reasons, right? And, and it's kind of interesting because remember when the shot clock came in, it was 45 and then it went to 35 and then went to 30. And there were people at every turn that thought that upsets uh, you know, take away upsets and, you know, team's ability to control pace and do all of that. And and obviously we've seen, to your point, that not be the case. So you, you look at it and you go like, okay, why, why can't team score 30 points and a half? And I'll tell you, there's two reasons. Uh, uh, one is it's called defense, okay? And a lot of these teams, um, particularly with veterans, play unbelievable defense and when you put equal uh talent up against equal talent so because so i i was in when, when i was at unh people would dump all over the america east and, and basically call it boring basketball what you're talking about and look at these kids ha 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 these division twos uh teams could could beat them and, and some of that and i said you don't you don't get it these are good players but they're going up against good players and they're being guarded and uh, so it's not that easy to score. So that's a fact. And I and you you might equate it to like what happens in the NBA 
you know, regular season to lockdown time in the playoffs. The second thing that also is a contributing factor that's getting a fair amount of play in the coaching community, particularly the international coaching community where it's 24 second clock. So that's a whole different can of worms, but you know, is the over control of coaches, right? So coaches that are going to control every single possession, um, whether that's, you know, with the, uh, uh, direct intent to keep the score down, which it might be, or it's just the byproduct of what they want to do. Like, I'll tell you, if I'm going to go beat uh, Brewster in my league, right, with NBA players, if I'm going to go beat, you know, if I'm an underdog team, um, rarely do I think, rarely, not never, rarely do I think speeding up the game and adding possessions is the best bet I got. Now, you can debate that, and there are coaches that would – you know, Grinnell and Paul Westhead and all of that. It gets down to philosophy. But uh, I think usually in football or basketball, when you have a little less talent, uh, you're trying to control the pace the best way you know how. So, again, those would be my factors on, okay, why aren't teams scoring the way they might? Okay, um, you, so so your, your thing is zig when they zag. You can't try to you can't try to run with Gonzaga and win. That's great. Yeah. Cool. Virginia averages 63.4 points a game. So me, without even knowing what they legitimately scored a game, I was within two points of what they score a game. This is a high-level national championship program that puts up 63.4 points a game. You know how many of their opponents average? 60. Who wants to watch that game? I do. You're a coach, Wit. Oh, you always say that when I when you're, yeah, you always say that. Well, you're a I coach. Mean, okay. Well, we're the, coaches. The games are, we're coaches. How, hey, you think, yeah, and Tony Bennett, uh, I you know, I'm not gonna say he's not aware. You know, the ACC commissioner is aware of watchability, so I'm not gonna say at that level it's not a factor. But Tony Bennett is not really concerned with what the hell Joe Q public wants to see. He shouldn't. He should not. But Tony Bennett's going to get fired. Well, that's that's crazy talk. Not, I mean, not not right now, not right now. Yeah. But he's going to get fired because well, coaches get fired. Yes, they do. They get fired all the time. But we know that this brand of ball is not long for like you. Like that, players are players are not going to want to come and play in that. Well, they always say that, but they but they do when the Who, ACC comes calling. Name an elite level player that's gone to Virginia. Well, they, their national championship team a couple of years ago has had several pros on it. They had several pros on it, but they didn't have any out of high school elite level players. They built a well, lot of but, those guys. Yeah, well, well yeah, not they built, were really but they, good they players. developed them. Uh, in part, they but are. they were really good players. They are some really good players. I don't have the McDonald. I don't have the stats yeah, in front yeah, of yeah. me. But I would just say, look at Virginia is an unbelievable academic institution, and they're in a conference with North Carolina and Duke. Not to mention, uh oh, he's gone. So I must have pissed him off. Uh there he is. He's back. So uh, uh, 
you know, you again, I would Tony Bennett's a guy that zigs when other people zag, and he's got to recruit a little differently because you're not going to beat out Duke in North Carolina. So, uh, you, you don't have to beat know. them out, but you can get a right. guy or two, yeah, or and, three. They, and yeah. I think they're getting the guy like again, and this is not a diss because I think this philosophy works when you don't necessarily attack the top level guy, but you attack guys who have great amounts of upside that then you you can help them realize their full potential. I'm going to tell you there's one thing you said that I've thought a lot about relative cuz I, I am obviously I'm a I'm a Tony Bennett supporter. We don't I don't uh you know the the pack line defense that is dad and he uh made uh incredibly uh, uh successful and popular. You want uh, a championship Right, the blocker mover motion offense that they tweaked off Bob Knight, uh, same same deal. Okay, but here's here's the thing that I've thought about with regard to Tony Bennett and the way they play, and you, it's the margin of victory. Okay, so I think one of the reasons that they're prone, right? This is common sense, but one of the reasons they're prone to the upset themselves is because at the pace they're playing, uh, if if they happen to allow or if a team goes out and shoots the ball particularly well in any given night, which obviously he's not going into a game, he, he's going to try to take that away. But if someone goes out and shoots the ball against them, they might be more prone to the upset than someone whose average margin of victory is greater, who's playing with more possessions, et cetera, et cetera. That's the big, you know, I'm going to be curious as the game continues to evolve. Honestly, I'm going to, I'm going to pay attention to Tony Bennett and, and whether or not he sticks with exactly, you know, between the gutters that he's, that he's got going on now, or whether he, uh, you know, kind of, I don't want, I'm not going to use the word evolves because he's a very smart you know, he, he doesn't need me evaluating what the hell he's doing, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if he changes it all. The way Nick Saban, you know, went to went to offense die. when he used to be defense. What? Adapt or die. Those are your words. Yeah. Adapt or die. Yeah. He is going okay. to die in this. Right. Well, this is not going to this is not going to end well. You can't be three points better than your opponent when you're only scoring sixty three points a game, like. It, and, and and I think the problem that we've seen with Virginia is the book is out on how to beat Virginia. Just got right. to keep them close. We got to yeah. keep them close and, and make it yeah. a and make it a make shots game at the end. Yeah. If we keep them close and we or if we get a four to six, a four to six point lead on Virginia is like a yeah. 10 point lead on Duke. Yeah. So it's like and no. I. And by the way, it's probably going to it's probably sounding like I have an issue with Tony Bennett. I don't. Right. It's level stuff what he's been able to do. Yeah. Genius level stuff. But I'm just talking about the out. We're talking about the outside perspective perspective and and why when it come when we come back to it, why I think a Virginia might get squeezed out where they may actually have a legitimate beef on why they should make the tournament because of how tough their schedule's been. In the fact that, do we want to see you play? I mean, because you're not going to go in as a high seed. You're going to go in as a as a 7-8 seed. So now, are we going to watch you play St. Louis? 
in a in a in a 59 to 63 game it i don't know i don't know i'm gonna because i'm gonna have all four stations lined up on my you're tv gonna, and well, gonna yeah, watch it. I'm, I'm gonna watch okay, it i'm real basketball right. people are gonna watch it i'm saying we right. as in the hundred million people who have a bracket on yeah. this thing and right. so my 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 view is so I mean again they can just not bet Virginia but my view I, I look well, at it as don't a bet uh, Virginia. Don't I I uh, no I thank you don't because I will uh, yes. because remember that four or six point uh, lead uh, that you have against them is also works the other way so when they're Absolutely. up eight on That's you over. you're done it's over yeah yeah um, but I look at this stuff as you know as uh, part fan and part coach and then sometimes maybe mix up when I'm uh, looking at it one way versus another. It, do you think we have time to slide more politics in here? Cause I'm, I'm just wondering if maybe we should, but Mary Beth might've already got like, she might even be sleeping by now. So maybe we can just slide some stuff that the other listeners might. Uh... Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we can um, go, go right. You, the floor yeah, is yeah. yours. No, well, you 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 said to me you said to me before air, uh, hey, are we are we going to talk about uh, Russia and Putin? And I said, woo, uh, maybe, but you know, Mary Beth chastises me on a regular basis when you know we go off in these tangents that have nothing to do with sport. So to be honest with you, like that's my you know since I'm not making a ton of money yet on this pod, like I have to answer to. My better well, half. She's she's the de facto like um executive director. So she's correct. She right. comes in, she gives her notes. Right. You know, yeah. we take her notes as is, you know, as law. But I mean, we also have I mean, to remember that some of our other listeners do like the fact that it's just not all like hardcore right. sport all the time. We do sprinkle in some other things. All right. So I, I did talk about it and I don't want to be heavy, heavy on it. Clearly, I'm sure we're both on the same side of this is awful. And yep. and where, where where everything else goes from there, it goes. I, I'll say this, and then I'll, I'll leave the floor for you. I tried to think of an analogy of this, and I, and I, and I, and I think I came up with something that, that makes, that makes sense, right? Ukraine was unhappy. So Russia said, oh, if you think you're better without me, then go be without me. And guess what? They were better without you. And now feeling jealous that that ex is doing better without you, Russia wants their ex back now. They're like that awful human being toxic relationship that you try to run from and escape from and you do a great job. And then as soon as you think you are where you need to be, that person comes back into your life and makes it impossible for you to continue moving on and, and tries to destroy everything that you've built without them. That's how I feel about this. It's like a, you know, it's that, it's that, it's that X that thought they were, they were more than what they really were. And just because they were, they were the bigger, um, you know, more wealthy, more dominant, whatever it might be, they feel like they hold some type of reign over and they don't like the fact that you can exist without them, that you could survive without them, that you could thrive without them. 
and now they're jealous and they want to ruin your life because they feel like you're embarrassing them because of what because of what you've been able to do without them and now maybe that might show other people that they don't need them as well and they can't have that happen because if that happens then the the entire structure that they build just crumbles right there in front of you and, and, and that the hubris of them the 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 that won't let it it won't let it happen they won't allow themselves to just say you know what you've done well for yourself congratulations they can't have that on on their on their on their heart because they're despicable human beings have i told you in this podcast i love the way your mind works <laughs> i think i did anyway uh that was tremendous uh that was really good I, I would say this. I, I was a political science major in college and uh, took a lot of world politics, international relation type stuff. Um, so I've always been curious about uh, these types of things or, you know. Um, now, in recent years, I kind of jumped off the political train, not to, you know. For any other reason than it's it seems like it's become circus like. So I just said, well, I'm gonna stay in my lane and not get too bogged down. Here, here's what I tell you: what a I I think that uh, animosities uh, die hard, right? So to some degree, I think this is history, right? This is Putin, right? Which people you know have have documented to some degree right as as i will be the guy uh you know that that brings russia back to a uh dominant position uh in the in, in the world superpower structure right i mean they have been anyway but uh uh you know ex-kgb guy all, all that sort of stuff we're gonna so i think there's some of that uh that that you're you know, dealing with a post-World War One and Two uh, war Europe and Russia's, you know, feeling its oats again on the on the rise again, maybe. And then the second is is uh, I'm, I'm less certain of. I think that first part is true. Uh, these these hey, look at, uh, you know, the world geopolitical economic conditions are really <laughs> way more complicated than me or this podcast can take on. And I don't think things are what they appear to be a lot. Um, and, I, and I think we get all riled up over individual nation states when, in fact, these nation states like Russia, the United States, China, I mean, we're, we're acting with unbelievable influence all over the world all the time. So I think we, to some degree, and I'm not saying we're overreacting by the invasion of Ukraine. That's not my point. I'm saying that the world superpowers since the beginning of history, by the way, involve themselves in places that some would say they don't belong. And they involve themselves primarily for economic reasons. It's to their benefit. But they do it also for, for other reasons, too, Ego. to spread their... Well, ego to spread their influence. Maybe it's to spread their religion. I mean, it could be a lot of things, right? It's 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 that whole, you know, uh, whatever it is. So I I just look and I think we got a. I think there's a little test of the United States going on. I think there's a little China and Russia who have been allied at 
you know, different points in the recent history. So I think they're, you know, uh, playing a little brinksmanship, if you will. Um, that, that's about all I'll comment on for now until I, until I decide to put my world politics hat back on and dive into this thing some more. But I know this, that you're not going to get the truth on Fox News and you're not going to get it on CNN or, you know, it, it's not going to be on the, the standard right or left. That's what I know it is do not uh, listen to your average TV station one side or the other and think you're getting the truth because that is the last place in the world the, the truth exists. Um, it's, I, I it's could somewhere. argue that I could argue that um, the 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 shape of media today no longer exists in truth. It exists in shades, right? Um, right. Because you have to appeal, and right. appealing going down the middle doesn't appeal to anybody because right. they can just get the stats from anywhere. So I think you're right with there. I don't, but I don't even again. I don't even look at this like. I know everything has to be put into a box, but when I look at these situations, I don't even look at them and go political. I just go and look at right and wrong. That's it. And and what what should or what should not be. You probably should not be running into someone's house trying to take it over. Like, and I think that what you said is is very is very telling because you kind of roundabout said we just probably need to mind our own business. I mean, and you can you can correct me if I'm wrong. If that's not if if that's not what it said, but it, it seems as if like like this this happens all the time. This 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 goes yep. on, and yep. it's probably none of our business. But because we can't mind our own business, we have to act as if everything's our business, and we are not the world's police. Well, and that, that gets debated throughout, again, U.S. history. But the key word in what you said approximately four times is business. <laughs> so that's the key right. word here for, for right. all sides. That's business, and that makes it, uh, uh, that, 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 that makes it a little slippery. Well, thoughts and prayers to everybody involved um, yes. in, for, in, in Ukraine. Thoughts and prayers yep. to all of the people who are either being forced to fight or who have no other choice but to fight. Um, Absolutely. Because we know hey, that, that we know that the people in that there are people in Russia who don't feel exactly. good about what they have to do, but that's their job because of the where of where they live. And we know that there that's are people new. out there that are supporting it who yep. don't really want to support it, but they want to live. And yep. they know that they have to toe the line. So our thoughts and our prayers are with everyone. This is not political. This is not our political opinions. This is just us looking at the human condition and going, man. Yeah. We got we got to be better, ladies and gentlemen. And with that, that's our time. Um <laughs> episode 12 Zebra Stripes podcast. Make sure I say that since I was out the gate, you know, running today um thank you again Whit, for for letting us know what episode we're on always keeping us um keeping us on 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 top of that um we appreciate all of you out there who, who listen in and give your feedback and please continue to give your feedback 
if there are things that you want to hear us talk about that you don't hear us talk about if there are points that you want to hear us talk about more because you like it when we say it make sure that you comment make sure that you um subscribe wherever you wherever you see the podcast at spotify google podcast um soundcloud wherever um make sure that you you like and leave a comment and we will see you all next time